Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Welcome along. So, Brian O'Driscoll in studio this evening, along with the Irish Independence, Rory O'Connor, talking all things Six Nations as Ireland get back to winning ways and England look like a Grand Slam is in their midst. Pat Nevin, uh, 6-0. Sarri Ball took a bit of a beating over the weekend. And then Mike uh, Quirk talks to us about Kerry's win over Dublin. Uh, football is saved, is the general feeling after Saturday night. We'll uh, talk to Mike, see how much he's reading into it all. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Richie here in the studio. Hi, Rich. Hey, Joe. Haven't said a single word to each other all day, I just realised. Don't like you, that's why. And now here we are. And makes for a better, more lively news round. That makes it very fresh. It's very real. It's, it's really it's fresh. Actually, there's, there's, a, repeat, there's a genuine news round feel to things. Yeah. Like you, you can exchange news about your respective weekends what's if up? you so wish. What's up? I can hear how great you were at the weekend live on air tonight. <laughs> uh, Dan McDonald, of course, here as well. Hello. Hi, Joe. So uh, we're busy this evening. We're packed in with lots <laughs> going on. Six nil. Dan, if we're if we're starting with a football man, it's not a great uh, let's Sunday. Let's talk about. Uh, it's not a great Sunday. That whooping. Yeah. I mean, I made the mistake of missing the first half an hour or so of this game. And then thinking, well, I'll catch up with this game later on. You know, it's always a calculated gamble. If you think you can't make the start of a game, you think, well, I'll make the second half at least. Yeah. You know, I'll watch the second half. I mean, this is a high-end, top-six Premier League encounter. So it's going to be poised to some degree. Mm. You know, you'll get the business end of it. And you're sort of just checking the scores going 1-0, 2-0, 4. Uh, you know I know, I know, I know a couple of Chelsea fans sort of send the messages going, what actually is happening here? Yeah, appreciating that um, Richie Osari is a very smart man and has done many excellent things with football teams. Is there just a point whereby you have N'Golo Kante shunted out over there somewhere on the right-hand side and you have Jorginho, who, as we saw, even with the first goal when Aguero sidestepped him very easily, mm. uh, has no defensive capabilities and you're playing Man City. Is there just a point where you can say, I know that Sarri is obviously a very intelligent uh, footballing mind, but maybe he's just doing something a little bit off here and he's a bit too entrenched and someone needs to say to him, Compromise your principles. We're overthinking this a little bit. Mm. You know, you've got one of the best defence midfielders there in the world, if not the best. He's kind of not where he needs to be too often. Is there some way we can manipulate the situation? Well, who, who actually says that, though? I don't know. I just feel like someone should. Someone, well, someone probably will. But, like, they, you know, they have to... Uh, like, they've committed to something. And uh, like, you would say it looks ominous. Um, for Sarri. And, yeah, and I know we'll, we'll, we'll speak to Pat later and we might look at some of the fixtures they have coming up. Mm. But it, it does cross your mind that they have a tough run of fixtures ahead, league-wise and sort of cup-wise, that you, you're not going to necessarily bring... Are you going to bring a new manager in there and make him suffer that run and set him off? It's like the old Solskjaer effect where he, he came into a sort of a, a smooth landing and a couple of wins to build things up. Like, what are they going to do? Are they really just going to... Are they going to give him the bullet? Is he just going to go and that's it? And they're like, well, we brought in a manager because he plays a particular type of football, an attractive type of football, but it's not really working mm. and off we go. And do we go full circle again and go back to someone who will make some of the pragmatic adjustments yeah. that need to be made? Well, there the, there the, is a the bigger question there as regards Abramovich's I was just going to say, the that's club. the unknowable. Because yeah. it seems obvious to the naked eye that he's taken a step back mm. in terms of his day-to-day involvement with the club. And if you read things in between the lines and you certainly read things about high-level Russian involvement in England then he's almost been forced to take a step back from his English life as it were yeah. Yeah. and that, I don't think he's alone in that there are other people involved in Russian companies or Russian-owned companies and Russian clubs or Russian-owned clubs in England where a similar situation is playing out it's playing out to a degree in Monaco as well where their owners had to dial it back a notch and 
if Abramovich isn't wholly on board, then it's probably a change in ownership, which I don't think Chelsea fans are going to be clamouring for, given the change in culture that he brought that club mm. in the last 15 years. But it's one that is edging closer to being all the more necessary. Yeah, mm. it's starting to shape up that way. So uh, Pat Nevin on the football show just after nine o'clock. Let's start with the news round, Richie. The Sean O'Brien move confirmed today. Done and dusted. London Irish confirming today that O'Brien will join them after the World Cup. The Leinster back row uh, turns 32 on Valentine's Day and will link up with the English Championship leaders in December. The Irish Times report that O'Brien signed a three-year deal which is worth €420,000 a year. The Ireland flanker says it was a conversation with Declan Kidney that convinced him of the club's ambitions. During his time with Leinster to date, O'Brien has won four Heineken Champions Cup and a pair of Pro 14 titles. His Leinster head coach Leo Cullen spoke in glowing terms about the Tullamon man in the wake of the news confirmation. Shawnee for me has been such a key driver uh, of Leinster rugby success over the last 10 years. Um, you know, Not only is he a world-class player on the field, but he's also made an incredible impact in growing the game all over the province during the period that he's played for Leinster. Um, and as you know, for someone who's was lucky enough to play with Shawnee, um, he was someone that you wanted beside you in the dressing room because you knew what he was capable of delivering on the field um, in the fact that he was the ultimate ultimate competitor in many ways. Um, and having Shawnee beside you um, always gave you the confidence that anything was possible on any given day um, because you knew nothing would face him um, and he was always a player that would always lead from the front. Yeah, good move for Sean O'Brien. Makes total sense for him at his age, uh, three years. That kind of money uh, that's been reported is uh, very nice as well. So. Hopefully he gets a send-off, which his career deserves, actually, because he has been so good. Um, there are no injury updates, is that what we're hearing? Yeah, no news is good news, it seems. Ireland Six Nations win over Scotland has brought no new injury concerns for Joe Schmidt. The IRFU say players carrying knocks will continue to rehab with their provinces. CJ Stander and Gary Ringrose are among those. It's hoped Ty Byrne will be fit for the trip to Italy, having missed the first two games of the campaign, and a number of the squad will be released to their respective provinces ahead of this coming weekend's round of Pro 14 games. Uh, rugby is starting earlier this evening than uh, advertised. Usually Monday Night Rugby is at 8 o'clock. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll coming your way uh, just after half past seven or so along with Rory O'Connor. So we're uh, trying to make room for some GAA as well after uh, that. So if you're looking for the rugby, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board today lifted the ban on British trained horses racing in Ireland with immediate effect. The ban was imposed due to the outbreak of equine flu at Donald McCain's Cheshire Yard last week. Horses will be allowed to race here once trainers can confirm that they've been vaccinated within eight weeks of their race. A decision on a possible resumption of racing in the UK won't be known before half ten tonight. What's the feeling, Dan? Well, this is interesting. This is basically the Irish authorities, I think, um, almost trying to pressurise the British racing authorities or give them some encouragement or urge them into resuming racing because, I mean, Richie sort of ran through it there that like there's a decision coming tonight on whether English racing can resume on Wednesday but there's a lot of disquiet amongst like the English trainers because they feel that the authorities over there have gone too far that they've They've, you know, they've they gone. They've, they've, well, yeah. they reacted very uh, quick initially last Thursday night. I think they've got a lot of praise for acting decisively and calling off racing in case this was a dreadful epidemic, which which was out there, which had catastrophic implications. They've since done, I, I think, you know, hundreds, high hundreds into thousands, and they've pretty much found all negatives, with the exception of a handful of additional ones in another yard on top of Donald McCain's. 
um, initial, you know, the Ardbury initial outbreak yeah. was. The point has been made by all the big English trainers that at any time in the year, if you went round and tested, you know, a couple of thousand horses, you will, you will find a couple that are suffering from flu, equine flu, a variant of this, you know, a strain of this. This is not unusual. If they were recording hundreds or, you know, sort of a, a significant amount of positive cases, then the argument would be racing could continue to be shut down. They feel they've gone almost too cautious. And by the Irish authorities who've continued racing the whole time, saying to the British trainers, you can bring your horses here to run them because we're totally cool with it. That's basically saying to the British authorities, sort of get on with it. Okay. You know, so I, it would appear to be a tactic of sign, or unless there's some kind of a discussion about it, but I think you'll see the racing. I think it's going to, get cracking again soon I think over the water definitely We football this evening Yeah Newcastle could move three points clear of the Premier League's relegation zone tonight but they are away to Wolves the teams are in for this one Rui Patricio starts in goal for Wolves with Matt Doherty and Jonathan Otto providing the width in defence to Ryan Bennett Connor Cody and Willie Bolly Neander Dendonk and Ruben Neves anchor the midfield Jeremy Tino is in front of them with Real Jimenez and Diogo Jota in front of those uh, Martin Dubravka starts in the Newcastle goal DeAndre Edlam Fabian Schar Jamal Lascelles and Fabian Lejeune make up their back four in midfield it's Matt Ritchie Isaac Hayden Sean Longstaff the promising youngster there and Christian Atsu uh, with Salomon Rondon up front for them uh, Manuel Almiron their record signing is on the bench for Newcastle tonight uh, it's a good day in the Ramsey house. It is indeed. Uh, you can probably start ordering your Christmas presents from Aaron now. He signed a pre-contract agreement with Juventus uh, to join them in the summer. The Welsh international midfielder will be a free agent with Arsenal opting not to renew his contract after 11 years at the club. Ramsey has agreed a four-year contract with the Turin Giants that will reportedly see him earn over €460,000 a week. <laughs> The 28-year-old passed a two-part yes. medical with Juve in January. Yes, we did it. Our we did it. Aaron, we did it, we're baby. Done. We're done. Aaron, <laughs> book whatever you want. But, you know, it, it is sort of crazy. And you compare it like the Sean O'Brien money is huge, but it's like, this is football. Well, he's, he's earning you know, uh, 40 grand a week more, more. than he's Now, there is some dispute year. over whether, you know, the figure reported is a gross or net. And look, this is one of these big, talk, you know, and you talk to people oh, involved in football, that sometimes they go, no, I only want to know the net figure. All I want to know is the net, not the, none of this gross nonsense. You know, the, the gross nonsense, that's for people with real jobs. Gab Marcotti you know? is one of those who's been saying that this 250, could... 250, I think. It could, 250 is, is, the, uh, is the actual figure. And Take home, be, eh? You yeah, know? and there could be more added to it. Basically, they could be portioning out his signing on fee into his wages, mm. which would make it as, in, as bloated as it would seem. Yeah, it's pretty common. So I want to it, know gross. Everything's done in gross. We, do, we understand some wages in gross. Some footballers like it in... in they net. like it in net. Because it wasn't that the whole issue with Andrea Shavin years ago that he, he didn't realise that the tax rates in, uh, in the UK... Well, there is a tax rate in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't realise that there was tax rates in the UK compared to the sort of personal tax rate in Russia, which is like 20% or something like that. What's so, the tax rate in Italy? Uh, in Italy, I have no idea. Actually, Italy are in a bit of financial bother at the moment, but I assume, he, I assume he'll be fine. Look, you know? he's pulling in 460000 a week. Apparently he's going to be the highest paid British footballer. Eighth highest in the world at the moment. Yeah. British footballer of all time. Well, at the moment, which I presume would, would it have to be all time. all time. Yeah. 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 Aaron Ramsey. Running down your contract is just the way to do it's it. Like, yeah, the, the whole the moral of the story is here, why would you not just have a... I don't you know, know it doesn't happen more. Just run it down the whole time. Don't. You know, only Arsenal get themselves into this kind of a mess. I mean, most clubs will say to you a year out, if you do not sign an extension, you're going. We're getting something back for you. So somehow Arsenal have allowed events conspire to this point. I don't it's know very rare. It. Sol Campbell, obviously, at Spurs to Arsenal mm. was the other big one. It really is rare because it's so uh, financially 
insane to let someone run down their contract. Callum O'Dowd is one of those at Bristol City. I think his, his deal is going to run out possibly this summer. Yeah, next and they've they triggered the extension. They've triggered an extension. It's yeah. basically like, well, we're going to get something for you if you shag off. Yeah, us, so. yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Does this look bad for Arsenal? Because yes. I mean, they, they took assertive action yes. with Ozo. No, no, you don't need to keep going. Yes, it looks bad. It does look bad. He's been there yeah. 11 years is the other side of that. Yeah. And, and factor in a, a loyalty aspect to it. It but, looks very but, bad. But was, was, this, was this what Ramsey wanted from Arsenal, wage-wise? 460 grand a week? No. Well, he's not going to no. get it from him. Of course he's not he wasn't. Get to, he's, he's I, I, I wonder does the insane amount of money that he's earning in Juventus <laughs> and somehow like, soften any sort of the, the, the publicity side of the Arsenal argument here. It's like, listen, Aaron's wage demands. No, you can, I don't they think. could come out subsequently and say, I mean, his wage demands were unrealistic. No, look what he's they getting. Look, look what Juventus were offering him all the way through. They can't you know, come out and This say was that. going on in the background. Clearly, he wasn't looking for 460,000 a week. Well, how did he get it then? Because it's a free transfer. He's getting. He's getting. Oh, no, he's getting the, 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 the free transfer, transfer is. Yeah, you are the, the king. Yeah, you. I mean, it's like. But other players out there. I mean, okay, you can get an injury, and I know the long-term contract security. There is a sort of a logic to it. It's all guaranteed money. It's not like American. Some of the American sports, but still. I don't think it's. I don't think it's every, Not every player can do what Ramsey's done and run the contract no. down. Like I know you're saying, why doesn't everybody do it and go to free transfer? Because oh, the clubs don't let you. Not, well, and again, not everybody's Aaron Ramsey. No. Not everybody's you know a decent level footballer. It's you want to be able enough. to try and get enough signing on fees, enough different moves as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, well, good luck to him. So, where are we going next? <laughs> <laughs> that was very dripping with sincerity there, Joe. Uh, Jack O'Donoghue's in the frame to make his first Munster appearance since suffering a serious knee ligament injury in the Pro 14 semi-finals back in May. Uh, Munster say the back row has returned to training and will be back in action in the coming weeks. Munster faces the Southern Kings in the Pro 14 this coming Friday. That game is at Irish Independent Park. And JJ Hanrahan could feature after returning to full training following a hip injury. But centre Sammy Arnold would be unavailable for what the province say the next few weeks after sustaining a hairline fracture of his fibula. Uh, sticking with injury news, Fergus McFadden could feature in Leinster's Pro 14 meeting with Zebra in Italy after returning to full training following a hamstring injury. Dan Levy's rehabbing his calf issue while the province say Joe Tamane is a week or two away from a, his return from a hamstring injury of his own. On that kind of money, Aaron could buy an entire house and estate and call it Ramsey Street. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a true story. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Owen did that, didn't he? Effectively bought called Owenville <laughs> an entire estate or Some an Michaels. entire road for his family. Mickey Wood. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he renamed it. He's bought a load of horses as well. I mean, Michael Owen just. I mean, he he's he spent his money. This is a man who travelled by helicopter to training at Newcastle. So, mm. yeah. Probably needs to. Well, and he got a mean? longer journey in a car. Is probably going to screw his hamstring or his knees up even further than they were. He was still in Liverpool then. So he's going from Liverpool to Newcastle every day on the helicopter. I thought he would too if he could. It's, just, it's, it's, it's a completely because he could sort of situation Helic- there. If you, you can, know? right? If you have the option, car or helicopter, what are you going to pick? Yeah. I mean, I know you get the chopper to Ballymount every like Saturday mm. or whatever for the coverage. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, we held a Dubs versus Culchies charity match. Dan McDonnell starred um, to raise money for the Irish Heart Foundation and the partnership continues this week. They want people to show some heart this Valentine's Day by donating to the Irish Heart Foundation. If you want to do that, get on to irishheart.ie forward slash donate for more details. We're taking a very quick break, a news round, and then Brand Driscoll on the way. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Okay, welcome back. News round uh, continuing. Ashley Young. Yeah, he signed a one-year contract extension with Manchester United, Joe. He joined the club in 2011 from Aston Villa, originally as a winger, uh, but has parlayed his talents into being a full-back in recent seasons. Young has been involved in all bar one of United's Premier League games so far this season and is captain of the side 
for the majority of this term. United themselves preparing for tomorrow night's Champions League last 16 first leg with Paris Saint-Germain at Old Trafford. PSG arrived in Manchester without the injured front pair Neymar and Edinson Cavani, while defender Thomas Mounier misses out as he's suffering from a concussion. But United boss Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't openly admitting that that spate of injuries puts his side at an advantage tomorrow night. Of course, any team that have... Uh are missing players like Neymar, Cavani, uh, Munier will will feel the effect, but that'll give any of the other players a chance. So for me, uh, it makes it maybe more unpredictable for us who they're going to play, because when when you when you've seen um, that front three over the whole season, you know what what to expect. Uh, so this time around, we're guessing a little bit how they're going to come, but we've uh, we've got a good guesstimate on how they're uh, approaching this game. Yeah, it's, a, it's going to be an amazing game. We'll talk more about it on the football show. Uh, Sean and Tala, lads, Arsenal had come to a contract agreement with Ramsey, but then withdrew it when Unai Emery said he wasn't part of his plans, Sean and Tala. Fair point. However, I would say if you're running the club well, from a business point of view, on Emery's arrival, one of the first things you would sit down and say to him is, these are the players who are into the final year of their contract. They are valuable assets. Ramsey is probably top of that list. I need a quick decision from you here. Are you going to want this guy? Or if not, we're going to sell him and because he's in the last year of his contract, we're going to make 20, 25 million off him. They had a board in flux as well because he just having a foot out the door heading yeah. for AC Milan, so you don't know how pertinent that would have been. Oh no, I, like, my, my, my point is things were not being done well. That is such a well, basic yeah. Yeah. Uh, first or step. That would be one of the, that, honestly, that would be the, in the first five hours of his, what business no, do I need to deal with urgently? Players in their last year contract, do you fancy them, do you not, would be top of that list. And it, oh look, it's tough in Emery to have to make a call on that without working with him for several months, but you would just have to say to him, if you don't want him, we need to sell him. Yeah. Uh, not just let him go for free. Yeah, and it, I mean, I think Ramsey's team seemed to play it quite well as well in terms of how they, you know, even some of the coverage of the story and how it sort of, mm. drip, you know, how it was fed out. I think they, they've managed the situation very well. They may have done some briefing to the effect that Emery didn't want him. Well, this is it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. worked there quite. I'd well. be sceptical of some of that as well. I'd say Emery might have kept him. If well, I think you, no you like. Do you, I mean? Could you? I mean, did he not want him that much to the extent that he's like, yeah, just let him go, exactly. like discard him? It's just that does that seems unbelievably, yeah, uh, rash sort of uh, call. I mean, you could describe it as confidence in their man that they allowed him to do it, but it just doesn't add up. It doesn't. It would strike me Ramsey been there so long. Uh, He's a perfectly good squad player at worst for Emery. But I mean, I, sell him in 18 months or two years if you still don't want him. I have to say that you have to sort of admire what Ramsey has done though. I mean, consider he's come back from the leg break. Mm. You know, he started pretty young with Cardiff. You know, he's he's had sort of highs and lows in his career and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's 28 or whatever. He's 28, I think. 28, yeah. Going Going off to play for Juventus for a couple of years and massive money, showing a yeah. bit of... You know, a bit of wanderlust, yeah, you know. Um, I, I do. It's a great career story from, from where he was lying on that pitch when his leg was broken, you know. What is that? Goods at 20 million plus a year? Well, it depends if you're dealing gross or net here. I'm dealing gross. You're dealing gross. Yeah. You want the gross. He'll evade yeah. tax, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can always agree. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad, it's not a bad old way to spend the next no, couple of years of your career. Yeah. 
so, at the other end of the uh, financial scale footballing wise Limerick FC say a local consortium have committed to financially supporting the club for the 2019 season uh, they were relegated after losing a playoff with Finn Harps in November ending a season dogged by stories of financial instability Limerick had a transfer van imposed upon them last season and players voted for strike action after they went unpaid for a number of weeks the club now say the consortium will prepare Limerick for what they call a mutually agreeable takeover at the end of 2019 and Limerick begin life back in the first division with a visit of Longford Town to Marketsfield on Friday week just before we go so we squeeze it in Paul Scholes back in management well taking his first steps in management the Manchester United legend named today as the new boss of Oldham Athletic uh, Scholes takes over at Boundary Park with the club 14th in League 2 uh, with a game against Yeovil Town to come tomorrow night at his unveiling Scholes was asked if it would be a culture shock shifting focus from top level football to a side mid table in England's fourth tier I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel excited by the team I've, I've seen um, I've watched football at all levels um, I think still the basics apply to you know, whichever level you're at, whether you're non-league, whether you're in the Premier League. Um, and like I said, I'm just excited about this team. I think there's a group of players at a good age. There's a couple in the third, obviously, but you need that, you need that experience around as well. Um, I'm just looking forward to get going. Obviously, I've prepared for the last two or three weeks, really watching games all the time as much as I can, looking at other teams, looking at the way we play, obviously, which is very important. And like I said, I, I think there's... There's a team capable of doing really well, so that's that's why I've decided to come in. Yeah, amazing. Uh, more on that in the football show, and then just before we go, people might have been wondering about the golf at Pebble Beach, which they yeah. didn't finish last night. Yeah, Phil Mickelson has won a record equaling fifth Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He beat Paul Casey by three shots after completing a weather-delayed final round of 67 this afternoon. Mickelson joins Marco Mira in winning the tournament five times. It's also his 44th career PGA yeah, Tour title. Amazing. He's still churning them out. Amazing. Uh, right. A short break, we are talking all things Six Nations next. Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent and Brian O'Driscoll in studio next. Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.